What's up, dive team? Have you ever wondered what it's like to be an underwater welder or commercial diver? If so, you have taken a jump into the right podcast. You're listening to Break Down the Dive, where I, your host, Blake Riddle, share my own personal experiences as a working commercial diver, as well as break down my industry for those interested or intrigued. So with that said, let's splash. Welcome to the show, and thanks for tuning in. This is the first bonus episode um, that we're doing, and this is kind of just out of the blue. But a bonus. This is uh, completely unplanned, unscheduled. Um, I'm just wanting to get on here. Me and Dylan alike uh, have decided to share with our listeners, you know, why we're doing this, uh, as far as why we started this podcast, why why I started hanging lead, and the reasons behind becoming a commercial diver, um, all of it. So that's kind of the basis of this episode is going to be why. Absolutely, man. I, I, I think that people need to, I don't know, I think everybody needs to, needs to hear it, you know. It's a good conversation to have. Um, and stay tuned in, guys. It's, it's, I think we're going to talk about some, some real stuff. It's, uh, we're just being honest, you know. It's, it's laying it down while we're doing it, you know. Um, this to me, uh, I, bl- I mean, this is a selfless motivation to start this podcast um, and have the journey to it and to inspire people and build a community of like-minded individuals. I, I think it's a pretty good thing to have. I hear that. Um, so we can share stories and we can share our challenges that we've faced and how we've overcome them or transcended them, you know. Um, it just might be the push other people need to conquer their own challenges and, and get forward in life, you know, to make a somewhat of an impact in someone else's life. I think the dynamic of this podcast is a perfect way to deliver everyone's, like, daily dose of an inspiration, wherever the audience may be, across the world or the United States, anywhere, you know, I, I think I think a little bit of a push for someone's, if they're going through some challenges or anything you know it's it's just nice to well one thing i'd say too is that this industry it seems from um company to company mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of guys tend to hoard information oh, yeah right? absolutely man it seems like there's very few guys that are willing to teach the new guy mm-hmm. and in the beginning as a new diver it makes things 10 times harder to be able to do your job because all you want to do when you first start is do your best mm-hmm. you just want to do the absolute best that you can do and learn as much as you can. And there's a few guys, you know, that make things 10 times harder. So if one person is listening to this that gets something from it, whether it's a, a trick, a tip to be able to do their job better, mm-hmm. then I think we've succeeded at the end of the day. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. this podcast that we've started it has nothing to do with money or fame because I could give a fine shit about any of that. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to be famous. I don't want any of that. All I want to do is do cool, fun shit with the boys, fixing stuff in the water. Like, that's what we do this. is like, I love the water. I love a challenge. And this job has both of those. Absolutely. Lots of challenges. All right. And we're a team. We got to, you got to depend on one another to get the job done because this is not a one, one man job. This is like a football team. You got your quarterback, you got your running backs, you got your receivers, you got your defensive line. 
and communicate yeah communication is key so you can't do the job without the other four guys or five guys or whatever Absolutely. however big your dive team is mm-hmm. and i think that's a, a big reason why we started this yeah yeah man um uh, like like you said uh, as far as people holding back information i think that can really bring a lot of people down like in the diving industry they say one in every 10 divers out of school make it within their first year you yeah. know and a lot of people get brought down like i was almost one of those guys man like i i come to the end of my first year and i was like i want to do this you know i lost i lost complete motivation and i had to rethink about why i did it and what i wanted to be in the future as far as a diver you know like i don't want to be like those guys yeah know? exactly i want to be a leader you know and i and i I wish the people that were the, when I started off, my who I called leaders were actual leaders, you know? Mm-hmm. When I first started, I thought they were, and I got further on down the line, and I'm like, I haven't learned shit from this guy, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, and yet he's running the job. Yeah, it's, it's and, it can be embarrassing, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I never understood that. I never understood why you would hoard information, but the, the longer I worked with these individuals, mm-hmm. I, I learned that they were afraid they were afraid which is why they held they held information back was because they were afraid that someone would come and take their job mm-hmm. and I mentioned this in my first episode or maybe it was a second episode I can't remember but mm-hmm. I basically stated that like if you're scared to share information because you're afraid of the guy that you're showing the, the information to is going to be better than you mm-hmm. then maybe that's a sign that you have to work harder absolutely that's a sign that you have to focus harder to be good at what you're trying to do because if, if that's and, and honestly that's healthy that that drives mm-hmm. that drives skills that drives motivation that drives potential because if you don't have that comp- competition then you know it's it you kind of slowly become stagnant absolutely so, well i with diving i think you gotta have heart man 100 percent. when you're in the water and you're by yourself and you're doing a job and if you have any set, any part of you is doubting what you're doing or a lack of confidence, <laughs> it'll show. Not, it will show. It will show immediately. You're only as good as your last dive, right? Yep. And if you have guys not teaching you and they throw you in the water and uh, they tell you to do this job and they expect you to do it how they would do it or how somebody experienced would do it and you don't and you get out of the water and they just talk a bunch of shit on you and they don't teach you, how do you expect to have a good dive team, man? You gotta you gotta love what you do, and in order to do that is from learning. You know, you you learn from your mistakes, obviously. Yep. But you it also helps to have somebody, you know, on your comms telling you, "Hey, man, it's okay. Do this. You know, go here to do this. You know." Yeah, and it's communication total- and learning. It, it's you get a lot of guys coming out of the water pissed off. You know. Mhm. And I don't know if it's like this for every new guy starting out, but it was for me. And I hope this can make some kind of an impact on leaders in the future and and young divers starting out of school to know what can possibly be ahead of them. Yeah. To, to realize and have their eyes open and look for the right leader. Because we all want to be a Swiss Army knife mm-hmm. as a diver because you have, I mean, this industry brings you into multiple um, avenues that allow you to 
really tap into a lot of skill sets that you have, mm-hmm. right? And maybe even ones you might not have at the moment, but the ones that you're going to learn. And as a supervisor, if you're training a guy to get good at a task that maybe will make your life easier as a supervisor, then do it because it, you're going to make a stronger dive team, which will make it a more, a more efficient dive team. And eventually the guy below you will take your position as a supervisor. Yeah. Which means that as a supervisor, all you have, to, all you're going to be doing is moving up too. So yeah. you're going to go from supervisor to project manager, you know, and the management of the company needs to take notice to those, those guys, mm-hmm. those guys who are willing to step down to the, the bottom and be like, Hey, let me bring you up. The management needs to be taking notice of those guys and certain companies I've been working for. I notice that they don't seem to care about that. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, those are the guys that are going to make a successful company because mm-hmm. if you invest in those types of guys, your, your company is going to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. This is for, I want to say this for divers. Every time you suit up, you do a comp check, your tender says you're good to go, your umbilical's in the water, you're ready to jump, right? You're ready to get to work. Are you saying, uh, fuck, man, it's, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get in the water. Or are you stoked? And if you're pumped. And if you're that guy that's down and is stressed out or doesn't want to do it, really think right now like just stop and think you're listening to this podcast right now so you have time to obviously stop and think as well because you're listening to it think man what can i do to change that no what do you need to do what what do you need to do what questions do you need to ask and if you know the answer just fucking do it just do it man yeah if it's just do it don't let anything hold you back like if if it's like i need to do i need to go to this place i need to go to this direction i need to not be with this team. I need communicate or just just do it, man. There's no reason to hold back and just settle for the for the whatever it is you're settling for. Just keep moving ahead, man. Just do it. Whatever you think would help you out and you know it would help you out, just do it. Yeah, and if if it's if you know, it's because you might you you have a fear of getting lost while while on your dive, you know, like ask some questions that will help you guide you. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, if it's because you think you're gonna, you know, drop a very important tool, like it's okay to say, like, hey man, I'm worried that I'm gonna drop this. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to say that. At least you said it beforehand, mm-hmm. and now you can actively take. Hey, now you got an moves. excuse if you drop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I said I was gonna drop it, and I did. So you know, you knew about it. <laughs> I've. I. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. There was a job I did. I don't remember. I can't remember what the tool was. I think it may have been a wrench or something. I'm not sure. It was in like a tunnel. I dropped the same tool like three times, dude. <laughs> three times. Butterfingers of the day, huh? Oh, dude. It's bad. But anyways, yeah, yeah, just whatever you can better yourself, just do it. I Honestly, I, I still face those challenges right now, you know? Everyone does. There's times where I'm like, damn it, dude. You know, what, do I, what do I need to do? And I'm still... I'm not the perfect guy, you know. I'm of course, hey, if you're if you're not learning, you're dead. Yeah. At the end of the day, if it doesn't matter, I mean, even guys like you know uh, Bill Gates, you know, and uh, I mean all these people who are completely successful. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> the, the, those guys are learning every single day. No one. There's no. You know how many freaking 
jets that guys exploded or whatever yeah. it was the the rockets the rockets yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you learn from failure and failure only really applies when you completely give up when you say i can't do this anymore and you walk away from it then that's the moment that you've you failed, failed. and you failed yourself just making mistakes is what i call it i mean you on a dive if you make a horrible mistake of like you know you on a seal job and you bond the wrong seal in the wrong location right you you bonded seal number 3 in chamber number 2 ouch you know those moments happen because you know you sometimes you're just you're on 18 hours or 20 hours of no sleep and you're just you're dead tired whatever the case may be you make those mistakes if you get out and you realize your your problem or your, or your mistake and you say you know what i'm done I'm, I'm going home like fly me home because you made that mistake then yeah you gave up mm-hmm. you're a failure but if you stick around and say hey what can i do to fix it even through the tiredness even through the the, hun- the hunger you're you're that's what that's what makes good divers great divers it doesn't matter because everyone makes mistakes everyone fails if all you guys know why you're in this industry and why you're doing it if you 100 percent believe it and know it you'll be all right yeah and that's it. And that's what this. That's the reason why I started this is be, and because I love the ocean. No matter what, no matter how bad the job gets, at the end of the day, I love the water. I still am going to come back the next day. Yeah. Right. So I started this podcast because of the fact that I love the ocean. I love this industry, and not many people are aware of it. Not many people know about commercial diving. No one really understands what we do. They just under all they hear or see is photos of us welding. Mm-hmm. And not know that that's only ten percent of the stuff we do. They don't see Maybe the, less. yeah, or even less. We're underwater janitors, man. <laughs> underwater janitors, <laughs> underwater mechanics, underwater technicians, underwater, you yeah, know, no, gardeners. Yeah, there, there's some jobs. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, what am I doing? I mean, you're literally in the water, staring at your work, and you're like, what the hell am I doing? I mean, dude, just last week I was on Camp Pendleton. You know, we were removing uh, some debris that had uh, lodged itself up against the abutment of this train bridge. Mm-hmm. And you're like, we're standing there, and you know, you're using a hydraulic chainsaw. The mud is like up to your waist. It smells like, like the worst dead fish smell you've. <laughs> well, actually, you being a commercial fisherman, you probably are used to this smell. You probably would have smelt it multiple times, I'd imagine. But yeah, it was it was stanky, dude. It stank. It was rank. And I'm like sitting there. We're cutting through this stuff and uh, throwing it onto a onto a uh, a, a float. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, there's cars driving by on the freeway. I'm like thinking, dude, these these people must be driving by, seeing us, just straight laughing, just laughing. <laughs> like these guys are fools, you know. But you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, you, you got to do something that some people would say, fuck no, mm-hmm. you know, like. I heard a, a pretty cool saying one time. It's, someone said, uh, one man's, oh, hell no, is another man's, eh, no problem, I got it. Mm-hmm. And if that makes sense, meaning like yeah, one right. guy that's like, dude, I could never, ever do that. There's no way in hell. The next guy's like, I could do that in my sleep. Yeah. Right? So like, and diving is a, is a game of that, dude. I feel like there's some things that we do that are so technical or even in some cases like, viewed as just crazy yeah and we just like like it's second nature you know like Mm -hmm. it's just no big deal you just go in and do it Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's awesome. It is. So, um, yeah, the reason why we, we I started this as well as uh, Hanging Let Apparel and I'm bringing you in on this is uh, to see the commercial diving industry become something more than just uh, a small portion of the ocean-based lifestyle stuff because I want this to be uh, connected with the surfers and because everyone thinks this industry is cool. Everyone. I've never, I have yet to meet one person that's oh, like, this, jo- this job sucks, you fuck, it's trash. Yeah. Like, right? Have you ever met anyone like that? Uh, like divers. I've heard of divers. <laughs> yeah. Us like, like, <laughs> <laughs> divers are like, man, I should have gone to school. <laughs> Screw this job. Yeah, but, you know, but, but mo- it, yeah, no, if you talk to people outside of the industry and friends and family, you know, you got the coolest job on the earth, you know? Yeah. You know, but. But they don't understand it. And, like, for the guy who, yeah, is a diver. Who's like, man, fuck this! I never, <laughs> I guess I should have gone to school. You know, sometimes, and hey, at the end of the day, a, a lot of those guys fell into this industry by uh-huh. just happenstance. They, you know, by one life choice to the next, they landed in this. You, you learn a big skill set, I, I think, with the industry. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize how much topside stuff that really was involved with diving. You know? Oh yeah, this coming is- from fishing and you know working on boats and stuff and going into diving I, I just I didn't know there was like hydraulic chainsaw dude oh yeah that's what I what? used that's what I used just <laughs> you know, like that, that Pendleton it's a crazy thing I didn't know about that I was in dive school and they're like okay we're gonna bring out the chainsaw and I was like chainsaw what how are you gonna use a gas powered chainsaw yeah, underwater they're like, they're like it's hydraulics and I was like what you know we got to use a hydraulic chainsaw that was like that's the only time I've ever used one I've never used it on a job Mm. I've seen it on jobs, but I, I personally wasn't using it. Yeah. I was tending the divers or whatever. But it's cool, man. There's some cool tools out there. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. We All get... the air tools you think of, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I never knew there was a freaking, what, what's the name of that? It's a, like an underwater oxycetylene torch. It's uh, Oh, PVL. PVL, yeah. yeah. That thing's freaking crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, Literally. Like, probably one of the coolest tools. Of, you, you can show probably, like pipeline welders you know that have been welding their whole lives and you show them like a video of that that don't know anything about diving those guys would be freaking losing their shit yeah they'd be like, whoa what? <laughs> you get to do some pretty that's cool stuff in this cool, cool and that's tools. that's exactly why i want to bring it to the limelight right is because mm-hmm. no one really knows about these these things right like the brush cart i <laughs> god i hate it that's a love-hate relationship yeah i mean <laughs> oh, dude it's whatever but underwater go-kart Basically, <laughs> it's convert, a workout. Convert it, yeah, it's a hell of a workout. Convert it into a uh, a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. It's an underwater go kart that's been converted into a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. So you know you're just uh, you're mowing you're mowing the lawn mm-hmm. upside down. Mm-hmm. If you're Are doing flat bottom. The, the big jetting tools they use offshore, they put it over a pipeline, you know, to dredge it out. Oh yeah. Uh, what are those called? The uh, they're like a U shape. You know what I'm talking about. Um, You're talking about a dredge? A sled. Oh, the sled. The sled, yeah. yeah. Those things are crazy, dude. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of cool tools that we get to use in this industry. and uh, I've never used one. Hydraulics, pneumatics. I mean, you get to learn a lot, but um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, though, what I'm, like, like the reason why we, we are running this episode, yeah, why we're running this episode is... Uh, the reason why 
we're starting this. And I also, I refer to my listeners, our listeners, I should say, now that you are the brand new co-host, <laughs> our listeners as the dive team. I like it. And the reason for it is because if you're listening to this and you support this, even though you might not understand every term or be the, be the person that's putting on the dive hat, right, you're still supporting the idea that we love the ocean and that's what connects us. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a fisherman or a surfer or even just a boater. Even those scuba divers. Yep, yep. Even scuba Steve. <laughs> scuba Steve, you're a part of the game. All right, you're part of the dives team. Right? It's uh, We all have that in common. That's what we all have in common. Have you ever been cave diving? No, I listened to... Uh, cave diving is insane. Dude, I listened to the cowboy. Oh, his story His is story with stupid. Joe Rogan. Dude, that's enough for me, man. I, went in, I, I did that when I was in dive school, The Devil's Den. Did you? I didn't have a story like that, but I did get a little lost. You know, it's easy I, to get lost. Yeah. You go through a tunnel that goes to a big area, to more tunnels, the big area, to more tunnels. Dude, it's like, you get to a point where it's like, all right, this is a little much. <laughs> Why am I doing this right now? I'm seeing the same shit. Well, but it's, yeah. an, it's like an adrenaline rush, you know? Like, well, yeah, know, for sure. Knowing that you're like hundreds of feet in this cave through a tunnel through a tunnel through a tunnel through a tunnel <laughs> you know? and if that line snaps breaks whatever oh dude forget about it i when i did devil's den i only went through two where is that at two den uh in florida okay it's, it's down by uh what's it was it near ocala no it was no? not near ocala you know what i what is the city that it is, is in yeah i've never done it though and i have honestly i don't have a um an interest at all whatsoever I have no interest in, in in going into a cave underwater. I mean, I've been in caves. I've been in caves yeah. out of the water, and it all looks like the same shit. Yeah, it, like, it's really cool. A rock, cool a sta- stalactite, cool a stalagmite. Hey, look, a column. I mean, like, it, there's, no, there's barely any fish in these things. No, it is... It's like, you get all discombobulated, because then, you, you know, the only way to really tell where you're going, or uh, not where you're going, but... Um, what Wilston is up? Is where it's at, Wilston. Wilston. Wilston, yeah. Is you got to watch your bubbles, right? You got to make sure you know where your bubbles are going because you, it's very easy to get turned upside down, yeah. Oh, dude. It, and like I, not I, know which way is up. I'll be honest. I don't think I'll ever do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just won't. It was a one-time thing. Like my buddy was a. Yeah. So hey, for those who are cave divers, if you are listening to this and you're a cave diver dude i salute you i salute you i think that is insane that is yeah for real like i don't understand why you'd go in there you know like to each his own you guys are crazy man you lose visibility so as soon as you freaking kick touch that bottom dude (laughs) yeah it's done oh that's crazy yeah you don't even know well hey if, if you're a cave diver you probably would make a great commercial diver yeah. Right. Due to the visibility. Yeah, you get used to diving and, and stuff. Looking at the same shit. Yeah, and knowing where you're going, and like that's I think the the the, the strongest thing. Knowing that, where you're going. No, yeah, they consistently know where they're going. They consistently know like they have a heading. Building a grid in your head. Yeah, and, and like they following weld teams on a ship. Exactly. That's why they would probably make really good uh, inspection divers, very good survey divers, because they know mm-hmm. where they're going at all times. Which, you know, it's. That's a good skill set to have. 
for sure. Yeah, I've been called a U-turn a couple times. <laughs> U-turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you go to crossover, and it's just like either a ship that has terrible fouling, you know? Yeah. So you kind of lose sight, and then uh, yeah, the lack of visibility, and then, yeah. You, I, I don't, sometimes I don't get it. It's like, you're going straight, dude. It's not that freaking hard. But next thing you know, you pop up to the surface, and you're like, oh, what am I doing next to the dive boat still? <laughs> We had a guy, dude, that did, did that multiple times, you know? Like, he did it. Th- it took him three times. Like, he, he, oh, drove, he drove down on the vertical side and went down underneath. Oh, on the cart? On the cart, yeah. Oh. <laughs> on the cart, and we're, like, watching from the surface. And we're like, where are you at? And he's like, I'm almost there. And we're like, okay. Like, looking over the side. And we're watching his bubbles. Is this like, right there? <laughs> yeah. And we're like, well, we're like, I think it's coming from the bilge keel, you know, because the water, the bubbles get trapped underneath the bilge keel, and then, like, on the openings between sections, it kind of burps up. So you'll know, like, you know, if there's four or five sections of bilge kill, you'll see those bubbles popping up, like, relatively within the first two or three because his bubbles are mm-hmm. traveling yeah, aft and forward. Ways. and Yeah. But mm-hmm. when he does pop up from underneath, you see that big boom because he's sucking down air and, blow, you know, free-flowing or whatever. And, yeah, he he came up, and we're like, he was like, all right, I'm here. And we're like, like, he's literally, like, 100 yards south of or <laughs> after the boat. And, like, he's looking aft, and he doesn't see us. And we're like, hey, dude, look forward. And he looks forward, and he's like, there we are. Clear's day. Like, we're, hey, dude, go back down and go to the other side. It happened three times. Three times. It was great. Until finally he made it to the other side. And then we're like, okay, now that we've wasted an hour and a half, we can start our job. <laughs> but you got to learn. And that's the thing. It's like, you got to learn, you know? Uh-huh. And you can't beat the guy up for it. Dude. You know, I mean, you just kind of you gotta yeah. coach them through it, but you can have a laugh. Like it's it's this is a <laughs> tough industry. You got you gotta be okay with like getting some shit thrown at you. Uh-huh. You know, because uh-huh. it's gonna happen. But uh-huh. at the sa- at the same time, as a leader, mm-hmm. you can throw some shit at the at the guy. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, go and take him aside and go, like, "Hey, man, I saw you struggling. You know, like mm-hmm. let let's get you over to that port side a little faster next time. So here's how there's here's what I do. A little bit of confidence boost. Yeah, and and like yeah. because. He, you know, I get, he can laugh about himself too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he should be okay with laughing at himself. Like, yeah, dude, I got fucking, <laughs> I got all turned around. Like, dude, it's okay. It happens. Like, you can't, this industry and this this type of work is challenging for those going into it right away. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like. It's, for you, it's probably pretty challenging, right? When you started diving? Oh, yeah. Because from where the industry you came from. Yeah, for for those who don't know, I I came from no military background, no construction background, not even uh, a diving background whatsoever. I mean, I I surfed at a very young age and was like all about the ocean, Mm -hmm. but I never got into scuba diving until I was like 18. I didn't get into spear fishing or or free diving until even later. So I was a waiter. Yeah, I mean, crazy, I was man. I was in the restaurant industry, and dude, when I told my friends and my family about what I wanted to do, they were said out. They said I was outside my mind. <laughs> They're like you're crazy, and of course, all of the horror stories from the you go from rumors. And, table to go oh yeah, hydraulic chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like you know, first job you know as as a uh, twenty or actually I was my first job I was seventeen. Yeah, you know, I was a dishwasher. Oh man. Right, and uh, you know I thought that was hard. <laughs> You just, you know, they think back at the moments of your, like your first job and like think about how you, how you thought like things were challenging and how stuff was hard and you're just like, 
dude, you laugh. You know, that's all you can do is laugh at yourself. Like, dude, you were, I was, I was so uh, inexperienced, <laughs> so unknowledgeable about all this, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I went from working as a dishwasher and then worked uh, at another restaurant, became a, a busboy, and then uh, became a server. And, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I'm thinking about doing something for a career that's based around the ocean. And then I saw that YouTube video of the diver uh, in the Gulf of Mexico working on an oil rig on a Great jacket. visibility. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's, dude, it's a typical, typical story for a guy going to dive school. Mm-hmm. You saw that, you know, except I will say this. I didn't see any underwater welding photos. Oh, you didn't go into it to be a welder, huh? Well, no. It's, I mean, I found out after the fact oh, okay. that underwater welding was part of the gig. But that wasn't the main reason why I... That's not the first thing I saw and was attracted to. I saw this diver working on an oil rig, and at the at the time, I didn't know what he was working on, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know what he was using. But now, after being in the industry for seven years, I watched it again. He's doing a riser clamp install. Oh. That's what he was doing. That's pretty cool. Right? So then the ROV is filming him. When I was watching it, I was like, who the hell's holding the video camera? <laughs> I don't know. The guy's got steady hands because it's fucking not moving. Like, it's just moving nice and smooth. You know, I'm like, damn, this guy's got good videography skills. But no, it's an ROV, right? Yeah. And uh, as, the guy, as the guy's working, this fucking sea turtle comes up behind him. I'm pretty sure everyone, you've seen oh, this video. I've seen that video. You've seen the video, right? Dude, yeah. That, honestly, I saw that before dive school as well. I Dude, thought that was freaking sick. That was the video that hooked me hook line That's and sinker a pretty sweet video yeah i think it might that have been the music right over his shoulder just yeah and it like right, nipped he, him doesn't he touch him too yeah he nipped yeah the sea turtle nips him and he like it nips his back so he doesn't even know it's there and then he like it does it again for the second time and the guy turns around sees it and he's just like oh shit so he's like pushes it away from him yeah the sea turtle's like screw you i'm i'm, I'm yeah. interested in you so what are you doing <laughs> so he comes in closer and the guy's like stops what he's doing and starts petting the sea turtle yeah dude that's and i was like in that moment is why you do what you do. <laughs> That's you know, exactly. Like, he, I know that diver was thinking that. Yeah. You know, like, in that moment, dude, he was just like, "This, this is the is, reason. This is exactly why I do what I'm doing." You know, right? All the shit dives, all the zero viz, all those tending hours upon the deck where you that sea turtle made you, it. <laughs> yeah, you got to touch a sea turtle and it made his day. <laughs> like, he yeah. literally like that's it, man. Like that was. You forget about all the bad days you had. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that was worth it, you know, and and that's why I was intrigued. I was immediately seeing that. I was like, dude, that guy's getting yeah. paid, yeah, to touch that have, sea turtle. <laughs> have you ever experienced one of those moments in your dive career? Yeah, like, like where you like you stop and you're like, this is yeah, this is cool. I yeah, I mean, I mentioned it uh, in the first episode with. Uh, I mean, I've had mul- I got multiple uh, moments, mm-hmm. but one in particular was the one I mentioned with Daniel and uh, Chicken Joe. Oh, okay. Where we were diving in Cozumel, Mexico, and we were doing an inspection on one of those cruise ships. I think it was a Carnival Miracle or one of those. Mm-hmm. And the visibility out in Cozumel is just unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got like 150 plus feet of visibility. I mean, uh, the current though, where the where the ships are docked, is is like ripping. Right, wow. and we're we flew all the way out there, and we're trying to get this job done right. So, uh, to be able to battle the the current, uh, we swam down to the ocean floor, which was not much more than like fifty feet. Yeah. So we went down to the the, the ocean floor, and we began to like crawl across the ocean floor against the current to be able to make our way Damn. up to the bilge keel, where we could then pull ourselves alongside the ship. Are there rocks at all down there? Oh yeah, there's all oh, rocks okay. and stuff. But when we got down there, dude, it's just 
it is insane the amount of life that's down at the bottom. I mean, fish oh, yeah. are, fish everywhere, everywhere. Lionfish, absolutely everywhere. I mean, you don't want to touch those guys, obviously, but like starfish, you name it, it's all there, right? That's and cool, but the thing is, is the pier is standing next to you, you know, and it's like a good fifty feet above you, as far as like the deck of oh, the pier. Wow! And the piles are just standing there, and it's full of fish and everything. And you're standing at like I was standing at like about midship, mm-hmm. and this ship is about a thousand plus in length, right? And I could see the propellers. Whoa! From in, the bottom. From the ocean floor, clear as day. I could that's, see. That's awesome. I could see the uh, propellers. I could see the sea chests. I could see the stern thrusters. I mean, I could literally do a whole inspection on the ship by just standing <laughs> at the bottom of the that's ocean floor. That's pretty cool. That, that not a lot of people and not a lot of divers can honestly say that. No, I mean, I mean that, that's that's pretty cool. So that was one scenario where I, it was just like it all hit me, you know. Like, whoa. Yeah, that's badass. The second story, one that really got me, but it, ha- it happened so fast, was we were uh, in the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. uh, working on one of those DP rigs, which is uh, dynamic positioning vessels yeah. where they drill the oil, uh-huh. right? And um, we were removing one of those thrusters. This thruster was a... The drop thrusters? The drop-down thrusters. Oh, not these ones. These ones specifically were not drop-down thrusters. They were fixed. Okay. But they were uh, the um, azimuth thrusters. Okay. Right? So they oscillate 360 degrees. Uh They can turn in every direction. Yeah, and these things weighed like a good 120,000 pounds or something. So it was like 52 or... uh, No, they might have been a little smaller than 120. So like 52,000 pounds or 52 tons. I'm sorry. Wow. Did you guys rig it and then bring it down with the rigging or like uh, like crane work or did you guys use lift bags and stuff? No. So the way we did it was, um, so the ship has is sitting on pontoons, right? You have yeah. two pontoons okay. that's a semi-submersible. Mm-hmm. So on the pontoons, on forward and aft, they have these caps, big massive caps. I mean, we're talking about like a, a 15-foot diameter cap that is off the top of the uh, the pontoon so you can walk down onto the pontoon and this cap is like at like stands like three to four foot high above the pontoon deck hmm. and it's 15 foot in diameter that cap has three pipes right mm-hmm. you place strand jacks are you familiar with strand jacks what's a strand jack so a strand jack is basically a mechanism that it's hydraulically operated and it uses a cable that is ran through the center of it and you have two sets of jaws. Oh, you have shit. a set of jaws at the upper and a set of jaws at the lower. That cable is fed through both of those jaws and then fed oh. all the way through the pipe, right, which is entering through the pontoon. That pipe then exits at the bottom of the pontoon, which is directly in line with a pad eye where the thruster is. So you have three points of contact. You have three pipes. The cables are lowered through the deck all the way through the, the pontoon. So the pontoon is like 45 foot from top to bottom and you're lowering that cable all the way through until it reaches the top of the thruster. like hydraulic? Yeah, so it's you have a set of jaws and it's all hydraulic clamps. So it's basically okay. like a hand over hand yeah. letdown. Is it like a push of a button? Is it a lever? Or how do they it, control that? They control it all through a computer system. All the hydraulic hoses for all three strand jacks are ran to a power pack and then oh. the power pack is ran by the operator utilizing a um, like a computer system. A computer, wow. So it, so what happens is you get those cables ran, you uh, put them onto your lifting eyes on the thruster, 
they take a strain on it initially so that the guys inside the thruster room can then start removing the bolts which originally held this held the, the thruster in place once you take that strain from the bolts and now onto the strand jacks you can remove all those bolts mm-hmm. and then once that's completely uh, removed you've already uh, keep in mind you've already installed your top hat mm-hmm. because this this uh, thruster is uh, ran by an electrical motor which is like insane I, I can't even remember the exact number but we're like talking a, a, a lot of kilowatts like kilowatts of power like 480 don't quote me big electrical motor just a lot of power right yeah. and it's it's a z drive it's an l drive so you okay. have the the shaft coming directly below the motor straight into the thruster and then you have your your gear system that runs to the propeller which turns it right mm-hmm. so that shaft is removed then you put a top hat which is a cover over top of that uh that thruster it has a big o-ring on it you bolt all that shut you pressurize it so that you have air that's pushing down on the water once that seal is broken from the thruster so that wow. water doesn't flood into the yeah. ship because once you remove that thruster you basically have a big hole in the ship Absolutely. so you have that top cap you pressurize it the strand jacks then take the load you break all the bolts and at that point you begin to let the thruster down slowly until that seal is cracked once that seal is cracked you have water coming into the into the uh, the thruster area but because of your top hat which has portholes in it you're actually looking down inside of this watching the thruster the thruster drop and you can control the air pressure into this thing by just oh, so turning you can a valve. Bring it down real slowly. So you can watch the water level rising, rising, and all you gotta do is just crack that valve and it, you're gonna be putting air pressure into it, which is gonna press the water back down and That's control cool. it. Right? Pretty awesome. So we lower it all the way down and we're utilizing the crane system that's directly on top of the ship. Right? Wow. It's on top of the ship. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Dude. So the crane has to come swing over, right? And if the crane's uh, angle is too great. So if the thruster is too far out of its reach, mm-hmm. what we have to do is then we co- we connect the thruster to a Yokohama. Okay. You know what those are? Those things can hold up the weight of that? We're talking about a Yokohama. Oh, it's just a giant. Huge. Okay. Huge. I mean, as big as like a semi-truck. A... Okay. Big ass. Like heavy, like the ones that are uh, on the, have you seen the California Responder? I think that's yeah. the ship. Like yeah. Those sizes? The big ones that are like or 20 foot, 25 foot high by like that... 20 foot long. Yeah, the, the tires all around. Oh, yeah, around huge. Stuff. Yeah, big ass. Those things can hold it. When we're talking 52 tons. This that Yokohama can actually hold that thing. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> so we're a yogi. Yeah. So we're <laughs> offshore, dude, and we're in the middle of the ocean, and we're derigging these thrusters or uh, removing them, and then connecting it to that uh, that Yokohama, and then once it's connected to the Yokohama, from the surface, the guys on the deck were pulling the thing by hand. Wow. Into the location directly beneath the crane, and then we had to dive down to 115 feet offshore to make the handshake between the the crane and the thruster, which is hanging from that Yokohama. So when I got out there, uh, I was I was actually the diver on one of those. We had to do it a total of two times mm-hmm. because the crane on either side, port and starboard, it couldn't reach two of those thrusters. So I'm assuming we, it wasn't. It was only like probably 20 feet deep, right? What was? The depth of your dive. No, it was 115. Oh, 115. Yeah, because the 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 thruster had to be lowered all the way down to a place where we could actually make the handshake to the the the, the crane. So we had to lower it down low because of the angle of of the crane and the the depth of the of the pontoon. I see. 
it could it had to be low enough so that we because you can't just the the angle of the slings as you transferring the load was too great if it was closer to the hole. Mm-hmm. So the lower it, it was, we just lo- used a really long sling. We used like two. I mean, we're talking about like Hauser line thick thickness, like six inches in diameter, endless slings. These things were heavy as shit. And we had a 55-pound shackle, which was like the biggest shackles you've seen probably, Mm -hmm. big boys hanging on the end of it, and that's what we were connecting to the thruster itself. And so this thing was bouncing up and down because the Yokohama on the surface was going up and down, you know, in three to four foot, three to five foot swell. So that thruster at 115 feet was going like just as much, you know. So we're trying to stay on this thing, hold on to it, <laughs> while pulling the the rigging over to us and connecting that 55, 55 uh, pound shackle. So how how much uh, like you're at one fit, you're on one hundred fifteen feet when it was going up and down. What were, what was your change of depth? Oh, it must have been like uh, one hundred fifteen to like one hundred eight. Oh okay. So I mean enough to be able to cause you to like hold on and have your legs go up and down and up mm-hmm. and down, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, it, it was it was pretty intense but like that moment was one of the moments where i was like dude this is why i do this yeah that's pretty like sweet. this was this is the your shit your story's a lot cooler than mine man <laughs> well i know i've been doing it a little bit longer yeah, you know i know you've been doing a lot longer that's pretty cool man and when you stay in it for a while you get to do those jobs you know uh-huh. you just you just gotta prove your worth you gotta prove your worth because yeah right out of school you're not gonna get put into those deep deep jobs and those technical repair jobs you got to pay your dues you know and Mm -hmm. in the first three to four years of my career i didn't do anything but you know class surveys and uh that's who i was actually like that's who they labeled me Mm -hmm. and it it sucked you know you get stuck in a job because you're good at it Mm -hmm. that sucks when you when the company only sees you as this one in a you're in a box you know they see you as and it's like dude i have more capabilities if you just let me Absolutely, man. You know, so don't give up. You know, that comes from that back to that leading aspect that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and that, and I, and the reason why mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I don't want to blame because at the end of the day, I have to take ownership of what, you know, what I did. Like mm-hmm. if I if I wanted to get out of that, which I did, mm-hmm. I had I had I could have done a few things. You know, mm-hmm. and looking back on it, I could have talked to the right people, asked the right questions, but, you know, I was I didn't You're know. You're on I, bigger and better things, man. Yeah, but you know it's a learning curve, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So I hear you. Yeah, my uh, I'd say my story of the whole this is why I love diving and why I'm doing it. Yeah, what is would it? Would be uh, when I did the uh, thruster ex- or the blade exchange. Uh, I don't know what ship it was on, but we did a bunch of blade exchanges, and uh, I didn't think I was gonna have the chance to go on it, you know, because it was a technical job and. But luckily, I did have a right leader for my crew that gave me the opportunity to try. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I shout did, out to him. I did a pretty good job. You know who you are. You know I, I got. He gave me the opportunity to do that. You know, and uh, I, yeah, it's 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 a job. A thruster blade exchange is where you know what a bow thruster is. Yeah, divers. I'm sure you guys know what a bow thruster is. Um, well, you put these doors up, you know, you rig up these doors on each side of the tunnel and you dewater. You go inside and, like, go inside the tunnel and taking my gear off is a pretty cool moment, you know. And I think the depth was, like, it was like 47 feet or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not very deep. But the fact of being underwater, taking your gear off, you know. Habitat work. Was pretty cool, man. Yep. It's a whole other 
I mean, you would never, you would have never guessed, huh? Like most people don't even think about that shit as no, they're driving I, by. And I knew, and I knew about the type of work before going into diving. I did a lot of research and I knew about that. I just didn't ever think like I was gonna get to do that, you know? Because mm-hmm. I thought that was for like, I don't know, thirty plus year guys, you know, and whatnot. But yeah. I, I had, I luckily had the opportunity to do it, and I learned a lot, man. And it was freaking fun, mm-hmm. so fun. I, like I loved. Every minute of being in that tunnel, like there was never a time where I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to go in there." So hey, you know, and it was like a a few days long. So every day, I know I did that first dive. I did pretty well, and I got to go in every day. You know, and I was I was loving it. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is pretty cool, man. Yeah, this is cool. And knowing like how much room, uh, I just want because I just uh, had a episode three, which you heard, which was on habitat work. Yeah, how much room did you have? You're a tall dude. So I'm six foot five. I had more than enough room in that tunnel. More than enough. More than enough. There, There's areas where you need to be when you're taking a blade off, one guy on one side and one guy's on the other side. And, yeah, there's times where you're, you wish you had a little bit more space. But if you look at the whole tunnel as a whole versus, like, a seal job in a bag, those thrusters, you have... Oh, yeah. You have a lot of room, man. Yeah. Yeah, seal jobs, seal jobs, you have, depending on the size of the vessel, you could have anywhere between you have chicken three foot... Room. Or, or even yeah. less. I mean, sometimes yeah. you can't even put guys your size in these things. No. because They have to utilize guys that are smaller because of the... It's just... You're in there for, you know, hours upon hours. I mean, my longest time in one of those habitats on a steel job was 14 hours without coming out. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a long-ass time. So... They bring down your food? Oh, yeah. Sent down food, sent down drinks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, sent down chew. <laughs> Gotta have that. You gotta have that, man. Like, yeah. when, when you're down there for that long. Um yeah. But, dude, that's awesome that, you know, that you were able to get inside that habitat. And and I've done three of those jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in the industry for uh, a little over two years, I think, now. Not very long, you know. I'm A lot of people would be like, oh, you're, you're a greenhorn still. Well, you, from fishing, I hate being called that. But well, it seems like... I'm still a new guy, you know. I'd yeah, say, but, but, but you've, uh, in the uh, commercial fishing industry, you, you advanced very quickly. Yeah, and that, there's a reason for that in now in this industry too. It's because you have a skill set. You're driven. You're motivated. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I like those. I like that technical work, man. It's like that's who I am when it comes to diving. I, I like. Yeah, no one likes cleaning barnacles, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, I've never. I have yet to meet a, a guy. There's a few that do, but <laughs> I, I haven't met them. Where they honestly are telling me straight to my face, like I enjoy cleaning barnacles. I have yet to hear that <laughs> sentence come out of someone's mouth. It does suck. <laughs> uh. But you gotta pay your dues, you know. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. done it, you know. But yeah, but I mean that that job was. Yeah, I remember taking my hat off, and I remember telling my supervisor at that time, "Thank you." Like, like when it, when my time was up, I remember telling him, "Hey, man, I really appreciate appreciate the opportunity of letting me be in this tunnel doing this job, and I hope I made you happy, you know." And then I did my job right because. This is why I do what I do. This moment right here, this is... This why? Is, this is great. Yeah, this is why you went to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... And I, and I remember getting out, and I... Swimming back to the dive boat, and I was just, like, freaking stoked, dude. Happy. And Makes you want to do it again. Yeah, and then there, and then I get out, and there's divers that have done that a few a lot of times, and they don't like doing it, you know? And then I think that comes back, you need to... You need to reevaluate yourself and realize why you're doing what you're doing and figure out, get that motivation back, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's a serious thing to have. You want to go to work every day and you want to love what you do, man. 
You do. A guy who is motivated I, is going to produce better work. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've done it too much in my life, you know, and I've learned from it now to not work in an environment where you're hating life every day. It's not good and healthy for yourself, man. You're going to create a lot of issues, so don't do it. Yeah. Get out of it if you can and figure yourself out and move on to bigger and better things and go in the right direction where that's going to lead you to success and for you to personally be happier. You know? Yeah, for sure. You want to love what you do, man. I would rather have an unlimited amount of happiness than an unlimited amount of money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you'll be a a better person. Because money doesn't buy happiness. Everyone knows that. And if you got into this industry because you thought there was going to be money in it and you're a diver... (laughs) You better get out! And you're a diver... You already know, bro. You either know or you don't know, you know? And once you know, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah. this is not a uh, industry nice of millions. It is nice to have money. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. It, but it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't um, buy happiness, you know? And everyone knows that. Yeah. But you got to apply it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is going to be just an episode. I mean, we just literally... Decided to make this out of nowhere, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, didn't even. We're out here on a, on my little boat here, my little dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> We're out here on a. What is she? What is? She? She's a lures. Uh, she's a thirty-two foot. Uh, I think it's a seventies model. Sport fishing lures. She's got a Perkins in her. Uh, Perkins diesel engine. Yeah. Just uh, hanging out here, and uh, yeah, we were like, you know what, man? Let's let's uh. Let's talk to the audience and tell let them, them know. We're doing this, you know. Yeah, I mean we're we're on our we're here on our day off on the water, right? I mean yeah. we love it that much. Like I, I I didn't check the surf this morning. I was gonna go surfing, but mm-hmm. it didn't look too hot. And it wasn't too bad in Redondo when I went down this morning. No, it was alright. Yeah, well I think we're getting the last bit of the north swells because mm-hmm. as we're getting closer to summer, mm-hmm. more south swell is gonna be coming in. So if anybody wants to go surfing and uh, you're a, f- a fan of the show, or even if you're not, even if you hate this show so much and you want to say it to my face, <laughs> come on down to Newport Beach and we can go surf and you can say it to my face. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we'll catch some bells together. Maybe by the end of it, we can all be friends. <laughs> but, you know, this is uh, ocean-based lifestyle. This is what this is all about, you know. Uh, I love it. I love the ocean. I love the surf. I love fishing. Mm-hmm. love being on the water. So, the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. I agree. Water so, is everything. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I mean, the earth is, is covered in, what, 85% of it or something? I don't know. Something like that. It's a lot. Yeah. That. I mean, I just watched Waterworld just recently. Waterworld. Such a great movie. Anyways, we're getting pretty, uh, it's getting long here. I think we're about, like, 50-something minutes into this, so. Whoa. That's a, yeah, that's, it went pretty. It went by longer. pretty fast. It went by pretty fast. I wasn't even like I said. We weren't. We, this is not planned. And this so. was not planned. So this is the <laughs> bonus episode. Long. Yeah, this is a bonus episode. Um, I hope you guys stayed stayed tuned in, man, uh, and and got something out of this. That's that's pretty much the goal of this here. And uh, if we impacted one person, you know, and hey, if honestly, man. If you were impacted by this in any way, or even like was like that podcast was pretty cool, any positive feedback or whatever, yeah, even sure. if it's negative, man, tell us. We yeah. don't care. Yeah, tell us straight. To, tell, tell us straight Come up. On, like, man, up, man, tell it, us. It, it sucks. I bet you know. won't. I bet you won't, dog. <laughs> I know they won't. <laughs> 
Well, hey, you can reach us but, on uh, Hanging Lead, which is uh, on Instagram. You can look us up. Uh, the Instagram tag is Hanging underscore Lead, and that is Hanging with no G. You can also email us at breakdownthedive at gmail.com. Yeah, man, send, shoot out an email and uh, tell us, just give us some feedback, you know. Because if you're going to be a um, listener, we'd like to know on what we can change and what we, if you want something to talk, want us to talk about, let us know, man. Or even if you want to come onto the show yourself and talk uh, talk to us about yeah. your experiences yeah, or sure. questions that you might have, uh, the more the merrier. So sure, man. I'm all in. Yep. All right, thanks for listening, and uh, also tune in on Monday where we release the commercial diving and commercial fishing episode with our new co-host, Dylan Harrell. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. All right, guys, see you. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>